0: Have you thought this through? No way will that work. Are yes, you sure? Is there any money in that? You'll never make any money doing that. How are you going to get the mortgage? Just get a job. You're going to try to sell that? Why can't you be normal like anybody else? All right. Will your parents want too? A <laughs>
1: savvy entrepreneur to the rescue. Congratulations. That really turned out well. No,
0: I wish I I wish I had the courage to my friends. Hey there. Good morning everybody. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. I'm Doris Nagel, your host, and I'm a crazy entrepreneur myself and I love helping other entrepreneurs. The Savvy Entrepreneur is broadcasting live today on WLCB 101.5 FM from the Greater Chicago, Milwaukee area. I'm here today because, as I said, I love helping entrepreneurs. I've counseled lots of startups and small businesses as part of my law practice and consulting business, and I've also started or helped start at least nine different businesses, and oh boy... I have made lots of mistakes, some of them pretty doozies. So my passion is to share what I've learned and find other experts and entrepreneurs too to share their stories and their insights to make your journey as an entrepreneur faster and easier and maybe a little bit more fun. So as always, I welcome your comments, your questions, suggestions. If there's a topic or a challenge you have, reach out to me. If you want to be a guest or know somebody who'd be a great guest, just email me at dnagle.com. N-A-G-E-L, at lakesradio.org. Believe me, the show will be better for your input. Today, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest in the studio. We have with us today Michael Kassler, who is the owner and founder of a company he calls 43 Folders Technology Solutions, and I'm sure he'll share a little bit about why his company has such a unique name, but he's going to share with us some tips for creating and maintaining a website that works for you. Almost every business today needs a website and I don't know about some of you listeners out there but I struggled mightily trying to figure out all the different pieces and Michael's going to share with us his years and years of experience and practical wisdom. So just a couple words about 43 Folders Technologies. It was founded in 2010, and Michael describes it as a full-service firm that offers website design, application development, and business consulting services, among other things. And I'll speak from personal experience, because full disclosure, I've been a client of Michael's. His advice is always, always practical, which is so, so critical when you're trying to deal with all the conflicting information out there about websites, Michael himself is a rare combination, and these are my words, not his, of a tech nerd with practical business understanding. I think that's part of who he is, but I think it's also partly because of his many different tech-related roles over the years. He's part of something called Story Plus Structure, which I actually didn't know about, but maybe he'll have a little time to tell us about. He also, for more than 13 years, was a radio talk show host himself. So he knows his radio gig. He had a show called Tech Talk. And in his previous lives, he was VP of Technology at Layer Security. He was a Senior Manager of Business Development at NEC. Director of Information Systems for the National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners. Director of Technology at the Ron Lake Area School Systems, along with quite a few other tech positions. So, you got one of the best in the business today. I hope you'll take a listen, because Michael has a wealth of phenomenal tips. Michael, Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. Thanks <laughs> I, for being here today. Thank you
1: for bringing me in. I don't know how, I don't know how to, uh, how to go after that introduction. My gosh. Well, just, I, <laughs>
0: just say call me and you know, yeah, we'll be done. Just, I just to
1: temper the whole background thing. What I like to tell people is that why I started the business is because I basically got fired from every other job that I had. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, so I did a lot of things, but, uh, couldn't, couldn't stick with them, I guess. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, but you know, I'm, unfortunately that's, Or fortunately, that's probably the story for a lot of entrepreneurs, is uh, we're entrepreneurs in part, some of us, because we're driven by some passionate idea, the build it and they will come vision. But I think a lot of us are here being entrepreneurs because we just didn't fit. <laughs> other stuff we tried to get the job and do the job and it just didn't fit us very well
1: yeah yeah and I think too, uh, the entrepreneur in general the people that I've known anyways have uh, like as you do yourself have this sort of uh, joy and excitement and uh, uh, curiosity especially in the problem-solving stages and so with a lot of the organizations that I would join I would find that my uh, interest level would peak usually uh, fairly <laughs> early and then as the problems became solved and looking for new problems and new things to focus on became more and more difficult for me. So, uh, That's you know. a
0: pretty classic entrepreneur dilemma as well. But people who love solving problems, but then once we're into the maintenance <laughs> stage, that's <laughs> no, so very interesting. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, so, first, I have to ask you to tell a little bit of the story of 43 Folders Technology. That's an interesting name. Uh, and how did you come up with that? So
1: I'll, try, I'll try to keep this story relatively short. I usually save this for uh, uh, when I'm at like networking meetings or something like that. I'll, I'll tell people they have to wait to hear the story because I can't do it. <laughs> Quickly enough, uh, but <laughs> I'll try to cut it to the chase here. So 43 Folders is actually, the, the name itself is a way of reminding myself that you have to have a focus and a plan and be targeted, but also to be organized and also uh, reminding myself that. You can make mistakes but still continue. Okay. Yeah, so it's a lot, like I said, it's 43. Sort of, I don't so, know how that Yeah, it. so how it happened was <laughs> when I got my first, what I would consider like, you know, big corporate job, I was managing IT for the uh, East Main School Districts down in Displanes. I had a fairly decent sized staff, large number of projects. And up to that point, I had had little problem holding everything I needed to know and do in my head and Uh that didn't work (laughs) so well when I had the number of projects and the growing number of responsibilities that happened so my secretary I talked to her and I finally finally after running my head into this wall over and over again of losing things and not being able to keep track of stuff talked to my secretary and I told her I said Karen I need 43 folders (laughs) and uh and she looked at me like I was crazy which was Correct well, to do. probably not
0: far off, but all right. <laughs> yeah,
1: and said Mike, they they come in packs of ten or fifty or but not forty three. And so then I explained to her what I needed and right. what I had come up with as this idea, and it wasn't perhaps original, but it was this idea that I had that I needed twelve large folders, one for each month, and then thirty one small folders oh, to go inside so each of those. So there's
0: rationale for yeah. it. Yeah, but you know, it's it's really I think emblematic or it's a reflection, I think, of the budding entrepreneur. So the fact that folders only come in packs <laughs> of ten or twenty-five or fifty, but you need forty-three, mm-hmm. and you have a perfectly good reason for needing forty-three, is, I think, kind of a a, a symbol of how entrepreneurs oftentimes rebel against whatever the common wisdom is of. Here's how we do it. That's and
1: right. Yeah.
0: I don't know how I,
1: <laughs> how I it. Yeah, either that or maybe it just it sprouted through ignorance because I just had no idea how anybody else managed their stuff. So I. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with my own way. Yeah, and Karen uh, just continued to make fun of me for this situation over the years. And when I finally left and at the uh, going away time, I promised her, I said, if I ever create a business of my own, it's I'm going to call it 43 Folders. And so and I did. so
0: you did. <laughs> well, and so 43 Folders is a technology support business. You help businesses solve problems. I think a lot of what you do and a lot of the problems that businesses need certainly initially from an IT perspective, is a website. They need a website that speaks about who they really are, that's organized in a way that's logical for their business and makes people want to stay and learn more as opposed to clicking away. And creating that and maintaining that is no easy job, as I can speak to myself, having created or had people help me create several different websites, it's a lot harder than it sounds. So what are the key things that businesses really need to think about and that you help businesses think about as they decide I need a website or I need to update my website? Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And maybe
0: those are two separate questions.
1: Uh, you know, anymore today, it, it's rare to run into companies that have been around for any period of time that they don't have a website already. So most of my clients are rebuilding a website and redesigning a website. I, I think the the most common mistake or the most common questions that I hear when I walk into a sales meeting or a pre-sales meeting with a client are the wrong questions. Uh, they ask me, You know, what? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Should we use WordPress? What type of servers should I put this on? These are all the wrong questions. I push back from that immediately. The question you should be asking yourself when you're thinking about how to design a website or or what your website is going to look like is why. Why do you have a website? Secondary question might be who? Who is the website for? Once you can answer those questions and the why is the most important, then the rest of it, uh, I would say it doesn't, doesn't really matter that much. Pretty is easy anymore today. Uh, you know, with the Squarespace and the Wixes and so on, but that doesn't mean that Pretty is a good website. Pretty does not equal a good website. That's why graphic designers get the money that they do. Not because they make pretty, but because they make pretty work. And that's kind of where we make... The difference with our clients is we don't do what we're asked to do (laughs) is what it comes Uh down to. And I'll tell tell clients that uh, right up front. In fact, there was a recent recent close that we had with the sale. We're going to go live with them, in fact, with their new website, hopefully within the next month here. And during the sales process, they asked me to honestly evaluate their current website. And I told them that their previous web developers had done them two major disservices. The first was that they had created this technical... mess of a site that was impossible for them to update and deal with and maintain themselves. So, but the second and more important thing that they did wrong was that they did everything that they were asked to do, <laughs> and so the website. <laughs>
0: okay, I gotta and, get my head around that. Yeah, okay. the, the
1: webs and this is you see this very commonly with websites, or at least I see this all the time is websites that are designed not with a goal in mind, but with sort of a uh, a, a whole. Kitchen sink and everything else attitude of every single voice within the company needs to be heard. And when you have wow, a company. So like
0: a group thing, kind yeah,
1: of. Yeah. You wind up with not so much of a targeted website, but like a catalog or a product site or a site where everybody has got their own page. And that doesn't help the customer that doesn't help the visitor and it doesn't direct people towards what your goal should be which is making contact with them or establishing yourself as a thought leader or whatever the other myriad goals are that you might have for that website
0: wow there's a lot i think wrapped up in what you just said you know i thought we were going to probably go down the line of uh, you know what pl- platform do you put your <laughs> website on and you know you've kind of just blown that out of the
1: water <laughs> well that's that's still not a bad question i mean you can look at what grows out of that so when you talk about why are you building a website typically the reasons you're building it are not i want to impress people with how cool my technology is or uh, how good my web design your ability is no, you know that's no, not why companies will, do it
0: i will say this as a caveat that there are plenty of website designers out there who want nothing more than to add to their portfolio of neat looking websites mm-hmm. and that's not a good
1: thing. So. Yeah, well, yeah, there's there's definitely different types of companies who do similar things to what 43 Folders does. Uh, early on with creation of 43 Folders, I made the conscious decision to say, there's a direction I don't want to go. And one of the directions that a lot of companies go in this space is to say, I'm going to get as many clients as I possibly can, and I'm going to make that process as efficient as possible so that I can... Can build up a huge portfolio of clients and a huge portfolio of recurring revenue. It's not a bad way to go from a business sense, but I didn't feel my skills and my background would be best applied to taking care of every corner of business in my neighborhood, kind of thing. And I also too didn't relish the idea of having a you know completely repeatable process, that you know rinse, wash, and repeat over and over again with every client, templating everything that works for a lot of companies. Uh, You wind up then of course building your business on scale. I went completely the other direction and said I'm only gonna take on clients that have unique needs, that have interesting needs, that have integrations that are uh, failed or not working or are new to them so that they need something extra going on. And then also too that business side of things as well where I've been around in business long enough that I'll push back and I'll say no that's not what you want to do. Let me tell you why. <laughs> you know, I I won't just I won't just refuse, of course. And I, and of course, every business, you've got the customer is always right. There are times when I I'll give my best, my best analysis and my best recommendation and I'll be told, "No, we're still going to do it this other way." And I'll say, "Well, okay. Then that's the way that we'll do it, but at least you've heard what I had to say." <laughs>
0: Well, you you remind me of, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's a company in the UK that I worked with with a colleague a while back called, ironically, The One.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yeah.
0: And their whole approach is exactly the other end of the spectrum of what you suggested. The One is, there is one website template, it is... Uh, one of those scrolling
1: a one thing? pager one yeah. pager it scrolls <laughs>
0: endlessly and they don't spend a lot of time talking about what you want to achieve and it's quite inexpensive and they're very personal people but you can tell that their model is find out basic minimum information put this together and then move on to the next client and you know, they've been quite successful doing that. And yeah. It looks very nice, but it is quite the other end of the spectrum I think from what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I my love and my heart is not in building my business. It's in helping others build their business. That's really where my soul is at. So, that's a good way to build your own business. It's not the best way to help others build their business in my in my feeling.
0: That's a great segue, I think, into some of the ways you work with clients who have maybe more specific needs or are at a point where they really need their website to deliver results. I mean, I think there's a point in time where a lot of businesses just need, they need a website. It just needs to be cheap. It needs to be out there, even if it's one page or two pages it gets them over the hump of getting mm-hmm. started. And it may not be particularly effective, but it, at least I've got something. To get to that next phase, though, of a website that really works for them, you mentioned you you asked the question, why do you want a website? So burrow a little deeper into that. Because I, I, I'm not sure a lot of companies are very specific if you were to ask them why you want a website. And, and yeah. I, I'm probably a perfectly good example of that. <laughs> like, oh, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want like customers, and, you know, I yeah. want to look neat. And so how do you get to the, the bottom
1: yeah. of that? Well, and, and that, that actually, in fact, is... Their answer at that point, at that stage, is always very informative to me, even if they have no answer. That still tells me something uh, about where they're at. Companies, as I'm sure you could speak much more deeply than I, but companies seem to go through these uh, you know, phases. It's almost like these quantum jumps that happen for companies where they hit a certain critical mass. For those companies that I don't really talk to, they are at a point where they haven't reached a critical mass of customer or revenue or whatever that they need yet more than a, you know, as you said, like a, a a virtual billboard. You know, really it's like a white pages or yellow pages for their business, and that's fine. Once you get beyond a certain point, then there's a couple of things that start to come in, and depending on the type of business you are, whether you are looking to take your growth and go to the next next level and so then you're looking to attract customers in some way and create a funnel for your customers to come through and make quick decisions and either contact you or purchase a product so those are things we can help people identify and define there's other companies that it's not about getting more customers it's about making the customer onboarding process more efficient so that they increase their sales goals that way by expending less resources on the process of bringing customers in we also work with like large manufacturing firms who went from having Basically, like a duplicate of their paper catalog on the web, to creating a system and a website that's a true sales tool so that now their sales reps don't have to carry around a giant uh, roller board full of product catalog and all this, but they can actually help and assist and move their business. This is where I'm talking about that critical mass moving your business from a catalog and supply business to a consultative sales organization, where instead of saying, here's the products we have, pick what you want, we'll deliver it, and we do a great job with that, to saying, don't even look at our products, we're going to work with you and help you design your space, and then we'll help you figure out the products that make the most sense for that space. That doesn't happen without a lot of thought and a lot of work, and sometimes uh, some kind of painful reimagining of the business cycle for for companies. And I, I wouldn't claim that I'm instrumental in all of that change management, but I think sometimes the process of identifying why you want a website can spur some of that thinking and spur some of that change within the business and it really should it should no matter what stage of that process you're at doing anything like this this is what your customer is going to see first it's maybe what they're going to see last and it's critically important that that message that you want them to hear is going to be heard at every step in that in that in that process
0: well it it Certainly occurs to me that those are often very tough questions for businesses to answer. So I start to see why businesses often focus on some of the mechanical stuff first, like what mm-hmm. kind of platform and should I be designing around SEO and I, because those are Relatively speaking, those are easier questions to answer. You can put a right? pin on
1: those. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right? You can. You can. Uh, uh, you can a lot more objectively kind of review them. Right. That's right. Uh, and that's where I think another failure happens, especially with companies that have been around for a long time. For companies that have been around for a while, what you'll see a lot of times is that the website that they have is managed and run and maintained by their internal IT department. And whenever I see that, that's a red flag for me as uh, coming in for sales. The website should be run and managed by your marketing department, marketing and sales. They're the ones that are responsible for that customer relationship. Your IT department is not. They're supporting all of that effort. Typically, they're seen as a uh, you know as a lost you know a, a cost center within the organization, and rightfully so because it's it's an investment that you have to make. Except in those cases where IT is your business, and, uh, and in those cases, that's a whole different ball of wax. But that's where things can break down is when you look at it from that sort of backwards perspective of let's figure out the technology first and then let that drive... How I'm going to present myself and how my sales is going to work.
0: So is it a, is it a basically a tech tool, a piece of software, or is it a piece of marketing collateral? Mm-hmm.
1: It's the same thing. You know, and I was involved in education for a long time and, and on our school board as well. And that was even as an IT management professional in education. It was an argument that I had frequently with people in my space to say, technology should not lead curriculum curriculum should lead the technology always you know we had so many people who would get excited by the bells and whistles and the shiny things and all of the blinking lights and look at the plastic <laughs> is molded beautifully but does it does it contribute to teaching our kids and if the answer is anything but yes it does then you shouldn't purchase it you should walk away and i tell people that the same thing with the websites too if you don't have a why have someone help you figure it out but Do that and figure out your why before you figure out who you're going to hire, before you figure out what type of servers you're going to put things on and all the other stuff. Because you're just going to spend money and wind up in a situation where you're not obtaining the objectives that you would want with that investment.
0: So who are the people that help with the why?
1: So there's a uh, there's a company that I work with very closely that I'm a preferred vendor now for. So there's several uh, individuals within the organization that they do marketing leadership for companies and organizations. They're hired into the company, kind of like a parachute marketing firm, and do a digital analysis, which tells the company where they're at within their space for uh, SEO, for a uh, number of clients that are coming through the websites, and etc. And that usually, uncovers some issues you know the companies that they're working with are companies that are at one of those quantum leap points where it's like they've hit that critical mass that's why they're investing in this marketing firm to help them that's when it looks and says okay now we're going to define your marketing department we're going to figure out what your sales should be doing and part of that process is rebuilding the website re reaffirming that direction and that vision on the public space and making it happen for the web too. And so, so yeah, so we get brought into a lot of projects. I love those projects actually, because there's so much legwork that's done in advance that they've defined so many of those things for us. And they're creating a vision that we can then help them realize as opposed to starting from that early, early space where sometimes I've had to, you know, tell clients, potential clients we need to come back to this you know you need to figure these other things out first
0: yeah i'm just thinking about the difference here between a somewhat more mature business who's going through this soul searching process versus startup businesses who probably have some of the same struggles with trying to tell their story of who they are what their value proposition is what makes them unique and why people call or, or click on them, but probably don't have the kind of resources or don't think they need the kind <laughs> of resources from a marketing branding perspective that you're talking
1: about. Yeah, you know, the, and the, that's a good point, though, too. I, I, I love advising Companies and people, even if they're not a reasonable or viable client for us, you know. And one thing that I always tell people at that stage as well: one of one of the most common mistakes companies make is that rather than creating a website designed for their clients, they create a website designed for themselves. And
0: (laughs) I'm laughing because remember I said I've made plenty of mistakes. I think that one is. (laughs) <laughs> I just, well, uh, I, you hit the nail on the head and, for at least
1: one of them and even when we were together i mean i feel like i know so much more now than i did back then too and, and it should be that way for everyone hopefully you know you're growing within your company and understanding things better but now i see that so frequently where and i refer to them as um as vanity sites it's uh, and and you, you can recognize it immediately you land on the website and the first thing you see is Faces of the founders or owners... (laughs) And very little information about why you're there or what you should do or how the next stage occurs for you as a potential client.
0: Or why a client should even trust you.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I I always advise people stay away from the idea of creating a vanity website. Put yourself in that customer space and think, okay, I've just landed at this website. How how did I get here, number one? Was it random? Did somebody link me to it? And then the second question is, is, now that I'm here, why am I here? What am I going to do? The answer, I can tell you, is pretty much never. I was really curious to see what Doris Nagel looked like. You know, it's... (laughs) (laughs) it it 's going to be I want to know what Doris Nagel can do for me why right. why why right. was I linked to this website by my friend, right. um, or it could be you know, like I said, some of these uh, some of the ideas are build yourself up as a thought leader, and in those cases it 's what more information can I receive here, you know and that that helps those companies build their outbound lists or build their uh, potential client base just through you know sheer numbers of individuals that are attending
0: well there's that i think part of what you're alluding to though is always be thinking about what you want your visitor to do next so you know so I was a good entrepreneur and I read a lot of articles and they said, well, you need to have a lot of good content on your site. You need to have basically clickbait, right? You know, you got to have that white paper. You got to have a a webinar or whatever, you know. And people said, but make sure it's really good quality. Mm -hmm. And so I did. But you know, people would click on that. But what I failed to do, I know from looking back, is to tell people then what do I
1: want you to do. Help them take the next step. So so you get people that they're
0: downloading your ebook and and something happens and the crickets are chirping and you're wondering, you know, I found all these gurus and they said, you know, write a white paper and I wrote a white paper and people downloaded it and they liked it, you know, but
1: they don't call. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that it's that's a really tough a tough thing. And you do have fa- fabulous content. I'll tell people that haven't gone to your sites, you know, oh. definitely bring that up. I uh, paid Michael to say that. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: actually.
1: I didn't. Yeah, no, did you? I don't know. I don't remember. No, I, uh, <laughs> Was that part of the contract? But uh, but yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Is that not having that customer journey clearly defined in mind right. ahead of time makes the other efforts and work um, you know? You know sometimes an investment that just won't pay off Correct. ever and Correct. and all that it, it, there was a recent site we did i, I, I loved love doing this site we've actually got a long-term engagement with them now the I mean, leadership.lfgsm.edu so they they are a uh, they're part of the lake forest graduate school they are a uh, business consulting and training arm of that so they work directly with companies like annixter and, and other places to help their leaders become better leaders uh, and working internally. They were struggling and uh, working hard to try to build their business and extend their reach and be credible within the space. And this is a really, really tough space to be in when you're a Lake Forest graduate school and you're not Northwestern University. You're not Kellogg. Uh,
0: University of Chicago. Oh,
1: exactly. And so they took that time to stop and say, okay, why are we creating this website? And also, too, why are our visitors coming there and what is it that's going to differentiate us? And we came up with a website that's uh, not just is it Unique, I think, in its layout and its design, but it's so highly targeted at the space of saying, and in fact, <laughs> their, their tagline is leadership with no BS. They, uh, they come from the standpoint of saying, look, we're not ivory tower professors and so on that have never worked in the industry. We're right. coming from that industry we're background. Not,
0: we're not interested really in thought leadership. We're leaving that to other people. We're <laughs> interested in applied leadership.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I would take it I say, they are interested in thought leadership, but just from a different perspective. They're not the, um, you know, Christian and whatever. But what they are going to do is they'll do just like, and this is why we were such a good match too, is just like I said earlier, is they're going to come from that background, that business perspective and say, look, we're not going to do what everybody else does. We're not going to do what you tell us. We're going to tell you what we know because we've done this before. And in fact, every person in our organization is a business leader of some sort. So it's leaders leading leaders. And so their funnel was very, very different from other organizations. They wanted people to come in. They had to establish that very provocative message right away. So that's the first thing you see and hits you in the face. And there's a very, very clear call to action saying, read more. And when you get there, you're compelled. I'm compelled. Every time I go there, I'm like, I, I want to know more. Why are they saying no BS? You know, how, can you, how do you get away with that even? And And when you do read more, you understand where they're coming from. And if you are in that role where you're looking to build up your leaders within an organization, it's a very, very compelling message. It's a very direct message. And it's it's very quick to get to the point where you're going to reach out and connect with them. And it's, it's working very well for them. They are building content, too. They're also wanting to have more of a content marketing standpoint. And content marketing means that you're, rather than just having a static web page, and this is very common with my clients as well, they don't just have a... Rolodex, phone book kind of website. It's a constant process of production and engagement with individuals in their space.
0: Well, that's a whole other topic that I, I know I personally learned the hard way and I think other people have as well. A lot of business people are very focused on creating a website or updating their website. But The process of keeping it fresh and current and maintaining it is no small investment either. Mm -hmm. If you want it to be good, I mean, if you just want a billboard, you can probably do that relatively easily. But if you want it to be functional and to be really an asset for your business, it needs to be something that you need to budget some money, Mm -hmm. whether it's part of a person or a firm that does this. To be able to keep it current and fresh and functioning and make sure your links always work and are not, you know, gone dead. There's nothing (laughs) worse. You know, this happened to me not too long. I'm sure it's happened to everybody. You know, you go to something, you think, oh, this sounds interesting, and you click on it and you get this 404 redirect, you know, nothing found. And
1: it's gone, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: well, I guess I don't really want to know more about <laughs> these people.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's right, that's right, and that and sometimes you know that's it's a thoughtful decision to make. Usually, you don't want anybody to end up at a four hundred four, but you can decide sometimes to age out some content. But but, but then you need but, to
0: redirect them to something else. Yes,
1: yeah, they You should shouldn't <laughs>
0: just like send them off into send them in the
1: air, yeah, <laughs> send them off to you know the yeah.
0: darkest reaches yeah. of the, uh, but, the but, earth but and never come back.
1: But I think you are hitting on though a really critical... Part too. So when we when we go live with a website, you know, part of that process of course is just getting that website out there and the new website. But I always try to educate the client and to say that you know the website when you go live, that doesn't mean okay, let's close the book, we're done. Right. Walk Thanks, away. Michael. It's
0: been great working with you. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll call you again in three or four or five years. We'll yeah. Make update, yeah.
1: Well, and, and even if my engagement with them does end, which our our preference of course is to get into a long term maintenance agreement and you know work with them over time because that's the way you do keep the website fresh but even if they do not engage with us we still always advise make sure you've got a process in place that is going to continue building content you know and have a scheduled content production so that you can have a new piece every week every two weeks at the least and be then pushing that out to all your social media channels and helping them automate some of that, helping that work for them. The Lake Forest, like I said, is, is really neat. They're doing a uh, kind of experimenting right now on LinkedIn, trying to actually engage conversation. So they're putting out content that's a little provocative, a little interesting, and then saying, hey, we know this is different from what other people are saying. What's your opinion? And getting wow. feedback from that in order to have... Like I said, those conversations, that makes you feel real, and it makes it live, and that's where a lot of businesses falter as well. They get a beautiful website, and then... But
0: I I will tell you from personal experience, that requires a focus and dedication. It requires somebody to calendar it, to just... Okay, Mm -hmm. so what we're talking about is really... I think there's a a foundational piece. The foundational piece is I'm not even creating new content. I just got some content. I still know from past experience you need to go into your website. You need to make regular updates. There are security patches that are always being issued that you need to make sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah your site gets backed up, that your links are working and they keep working for the Mm -hmm. stuff that you have. And then, as you say, the next level is really keep building the content, making the website more robust, making it more appealing and, and maybe appealing to different kinds of clients with different customer journeys, I guess is a popular buzzword. But as you do that, I think it's important for businesses to keep in mind that you then have upped the level of complexity. You've upped the number of links. So even if it's a blog post and you're linking Mm -hmm. your blog post and you have an image... (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, you have yeah. to make sure your image is optimized. Maybe you got a couple of backlinks in there. Maybe you got people commenting that you need to make sure you respond to the comments. I mean, yeah. it's just it becomes this this snowball that sort of you know picks up <laughs> more and more stuff that you have to kind yeah. of make sure you well, maintain. And that's and that's and, <laughs> and I think this never underestimate that.
1: Yeah. And that's where finding good partners is, is all about. And, you know, I, I consider us a good partner. You know, we're not a vendor so much as a partner for the business in that exactly that, you know, so building new blog posts, you know, seems relatively straightforward. It's like, oh, put this out there and we'll get an image oh, and the that. image looks good. And, right. you know, I mean, if, if you can come up with the content anyways, you know, but, uh, which you can, a lot of people can't, but then but when it comes down to them, like saying, okay, you know now, instead of ten blog posts, now you're looking at you know a hundred blog posts right. and so on that's when you start to think you know it, it, all the stuff that a business owner is not going to know or want to get their hands dirty into, which is okay let's make sure all of your images have alt tags so that they're showing up right. in Google search properly. Are you going to index your categories and tags, or is so that going to result in duplicate all this content? content and
0: and, and even the way it's organized and how you hmm. search for it, I think, is tied to the, some of the questions you were talking about, which is, who are the customers that you want to help put these breadcrumbs there for? I mean, there's, you know, it's yeah. easy to design categories for me. It's like, oh, well, today, it's Monday, I'm going to write an article <laughs> on marketing. but yeah. And so I'm going to, marketing is one of my categories. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but,
0: That's not what I think is what customers might necessarily be looking for. Your customer might be looking for a totally different kind of set of buzzwords, and you need to be able to help give
1: them breadcrumbs to help them. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that you did well, though, too, is that you were able to identify and say, okay, there's going to be, you know, not 55 categories. I'm going to have, you know, 10, I'll have eight, I'll have, so you know, a certain number of categories that will help people really to filter through those top-level topics. And the topics or the categories were about the topic itself not about yourself they weren't about the business they weren't about you know the type of content or the media that was being presented i see a lot of websites that it's like you know you see the uh the drop down and it says videos versus blog versus pocket it's like People probably aren't there looking for a right. specific type of media. They're probably right. looking for you know they have that a category.
0: problem, And the problem is framed. So mm-hmm. That's why I think the why you're talking about and the the how is really important. Yeah. Or who? But back to the point. I think you you've got to budget enough money to maintain because stuff breaks. Stuff, yeah. Schedule that in. If you can't do it yourself and Most entrepreneurs, I think, will quickly reach a point where they realize it's probably not the highest and best use of their time to spend doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you need to find somebody to be able to do that for yeah. you and help you.
1: And you can really, you know, with a little bit of help I think, analyze that expense and understand that, okay, if I don't expend any money at all after the development of my website, uh, at what point is it more expensive now because it got hacked because it got taken down because people can't access that content and i have to now find someone to go rebuild fix it clean it do whatever and once you start looking at that and, and looking at what the cost of ongoing maintenance is and then also add in some of that value added you know if you're picking a good partner who's going to work with you and say hey i notice you're at X level of blog posts. Hey, you know, this area of your site is not getting a lot of attention right now. You should figure that out. One client whose business is changing. She was um, focused on a certain segment of the population, and now she's actually looking more to help with uh, pilots, uh, of, of all things, down in Tennessee talking to her and saying well this is a time then to rethink how you present yourself on the web those are the types of value adds that are tough to put a number to but i think that you can put a number to that that core piece of how much am i willing to risk if i don't have regular maintenance if i don't have something being done that's going to keep the website alive even in the even in the basic level that it's at today
0: I think all of us know intuitively, if you have a bad website, it's really slow. It leads to a lot of, it has a bunch of broken links. It doesn't have it, you know, I saw a couple just very recently that I thought, oh, this is a nice website, and then I went to look at their blogs, and they hadn't posted a blog in like four years, (laughs) and I, you know, it kind of made me wonder, like, why did they stop? You know, did they stop mm-hmm. having any new ideas? I mean,
1: you of know course, of mean? course, you're saying that, and I'm thinking I'm like the barber's son, you know, with the, uh, with the long hair and that, uh, I, say, uh I haven't done, idea. I haven't done a new blog post probably in quite a while myself as I've, uh, well, but, you know, focused.
0: But, but you, you understand the point. Oh, yes. Oh,
1: it, absolutely. You know?
0: You're thinking, well, I want to learn more. And then you do a little basic sort of due diligence and you kind of go, So unless there's a personal referral that overcomes that, or you know this person and you know this person is Mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal at whatever it is that they do, again, word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. But if you were just looking at that, you kind of go, wow. So I, I think having a partner that can help keep you honest, that can say, wow, you know, you're Page speeds are you know are really slow, or this page seems to be. I, I, I forget all the metrics, but yeah, what
1: your bounce rates are. But you're different. And, you yeah. Say,
0: well, this page people are just yeah. bouncing off of it. You probably should do something about yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and, th- and that's a lot of what we do in our the initial part of our engagement with companies. We'll do a full analysis of their current site, give them information like that, and uh, and sometimes there's relatively small tweaks or suggestions that we can recommend that will make big differences. You know, I always tell people you, you do get what you pay for and well, there's okay. there can well, be we can
0: talk about that <laughs> you want a website developed there's a lot of variation yeah in terms well of, all right so not, your thought yeah, okay. we're going to talk about that topic because that, that's one of my favorites and i got a lot of questions <laughs> for you on
1: that. yeah well and and I, i'm not even talking about the development Part, really I was actually just just to finish my thought it is that uh, there's a false economy that people get into where they'll look and say oh my gosh $3 a month on you know whatever there's no difference between all these hosting companies so what do I care you know recent success story for us was taking somebody from a $3 a month special and also two they needed they just had a bazillion plugins and everything else in WordPress but moving them into a managed WordPress hosting solution right. uh, migrating their DNS to cloud flare doing a couple of other tweaks and they went from an average of uh, eight to 12 second load times to their uh, d- no lie they're now between a third to a second load right. time for pages
0: and that makes a huge difference because people will say your site takes too long to load people're people gonna are go, gone. Away. And go so, away. so what I was going to ask you about is that yeah. I think people intuitively know when they you see some of that kind of stuff, you know, number one, they probably aren't paying to have somebody professionally manage it, which tells a potential customer or visitor mm-hmm. quite a lot. And you know, the other thing is is it costs you customers. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that intuitively. I don't I don't know, is there any kind of way to rule of thumb to measure customer loss through Bad website management
1: um, yeah, I mean, you know as you mentioned earlier, you can as long as you're capturing analytics and there's m- different ways to get information about the visitors that come to your website. One of the ones that I like a lot is uh, is referred to as a heat map, and uh, uh, there's a couple of companies out there that you can actually do free trials. Heat map actually pays attention to where your visitors go on the page and it shows you. Like you would see with, uh, you know, with the heat map is that the dark green is where people are spending a lot of time or clicking a lot to get through. And if you look at snapshots of your website like that and can see, like, gosh – I've got this beautiful call to action, nobody's clicking on it, right. then there's probably something going on. So you can look into those types of things, uh, look at, uh, like we mentioned, your bounce rates, are people coming to your site, leaving it right away without digging into any of the content that you have? That means you, know, you need to get them into that content or you need to rethink what type of visitor you're looking to appeal to and how to get them there. And then there's also, of course, always the opportunity to do what's called A-B testing. So to try different things at different times or even use some tools that will let you kind of randomly present different approaches to different visitors as they come to your site and see what works better and what gets them. But without knowing the why, without saying, where you really want them to go, right. then a lot of that becomes very, very difficult because you're just looking at numbers and saying, why aren't my visitors going up? And my visitors are up now 20%, but my sales are down five percent. So why, why <laughs> they
0: learn more, why they stayed longer and they ran away. <laughs> and they
1: still didn't. But yeah, and those are that's where you get into the really nitty gritty of the business and saying okay, I've got visitors now. Where do I want them to go? What should they be doing? And how can I compel that action? How can I make that friction-free and understandable and get them to actually do it? I know we're hitting it up close to our I know. Well, so
0: before we wrap up here, we touched on a topic that I think is certainly been a head-scratcher for me. And I'm sure I'm not alone out there. But in terms of... Finding somebody who's a Mm. good fit. So you're not a fit for everybody, and Mm. this other company that I mentioned in passing is a fit for some, but not everybody. How do you find somebody who's the right fit for you? What What are the questions you should be
1: asking? People? So you're asking how a company can make sure that the design development firm is a good fit for them? Right. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I guess it's going to be different for companies at different stages. Uh, as I said, if they're at that... Intro or, or or basic level, uh, definitely. Um, you know they're gonna want to know. If that will fit in their budget, if it's going to, uh, you know, look at the other sites that they've created, do they have the ability to support your business specifically? Uh, once you get to a little bit higher level with the business or you have deeper needs, is, is what I should say, is, you know, integration needs and, and, uh, uh, needs to, you know, mix it up with your CRM and things like this. Then you need to start asking questions about what type of work have they done for other clients. The, again, the questions to ask your web developer are similar to what your web developer should be asking you. Is, <laughs> is when you created this site for this company, I love it. It's beautiful. Look at this beautiful site in your portfolio. The question you should ask them is why? Why did you create that site? Why did you choose that template? Why did you pick those images if you chose the images for them? And understand where the web developer's coming from, the designer's coming from, and understanding what sort of process they're gonna have to work with you. If you feel like you just really need a basic billboard-type site, then you're gonna look for people that do that really well and can help you make one that fits into what you need to do. Once you get past that, and you're looking to bigger stuff, you need more integration, then you need to know that you're working with a firm that has done it before, has done it well, and is going to ask you and push you on the right questions to make sure that you're building a website that's not just pretty but is functional, you know, and so, does what you want.
0: Would you work? Would you ask them for referrals and would you call those referrals to see what people say?
1: Referrals are a... Tough thing. I think, um, I I don't think it's a bad thing if it's part of your process, certainly. (laughs) So, So if we have time, one really quick thing. My favorite referral to give to people is someone who is no longer a client of ours. And the reason why is because we developed a website for them that we created when they got purchased by some venture capitalists. The goal and intent and point of the website creation was that they could be resold within three to five years. They so were. They
0: were very successful.
1: <laughs> exactly. Now they're no longer a client because the company they that purchased told. them they did, their own, their did their own thing. But I love giving that as a referral because I know one of the things that they were surprised at as that transition occurred was they were, they were coy about telling me the transition was happening because oh. they had had such poor experiences with web developers in the past. And I had to sit down and explain to them and say, look, I am going to give you the same level of service on our last day of the contract as I did on the first day. So come to me. Let me help you with the transition. Let's make sure you don't lose your SEO. Let's make this work for everybody. And I understand you're not going to continue using me as your ongoing maintenance or on, uh, you know, on call for that. That's that's part of the deal here. I love giving people that experience to say, here's somebody who said you're fired, but I still want you to talk to them. <laughs>
0: Wow. Well, phenomenal. So for people who are interested in working with a web support person and a tech developer who... Find that appealing. How would they go about reaching a goal?
1: 43folderstech.com is uh, the best place to start, anyways, or send me an email directly for uh, Michael at 43folderstech.net or 43folderstech.com. Either one will work. Or a phone number? Oh, 847 uh, 665
0: Alright folks, well I'm sure Michael and I could talk for, well I don't know, several hours. Oh and more. we have, Yeah.
1: We might need, and, and we we now need some gin to, to make that <laughs> and work. And
0: we but. have, but <laughs> I, I, we have to wrap it up for today and I just wanted to tell Michael and say thank you so much for being with us today on A Savvy Entrepreneur thank you. and for thank sharing you. some of your many pearls of wisdom, hard gained I'm sure, <laughs> over the years. You can find helpful information and resources on my law website, which is called Forsythialaw.com, or my consulting site, GlobalocityServices.com. There's all kinds of blogs, tools, podcasts, and other resources there. And finally, don't forget to email me with any suggested topics, challenges, possible guests, or just to shoot the breeze. I'd love to hear from you. Dean Agle at at So Now, next week, be sure to join us when our studio guest will be Lori London. She's an artist, entrepreneur, and the author of two award-winning children's books. She's a singer, a songwriter, and a voiceover artist. I know there are lots of you out there with artistic talents that probably are wondering, how in the world can I make some money doing this? How can I have a side hustle, maybe, or eventually turn it into a full-time job? And Lori's going to tell her story of how she got started in the business, how she balances a day job with all that creative energy, and how she's gradually building her business. She'll be a great listen, I promise, so be sure not to miss it. So until then, happy entrepreneuring!